Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to First Class Fantasy. I am Theo Greminger, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Billy Muzio. And uh, we're doing something a little special. Today is Monday, and usually you see Billy and I on Thursdays. But, you know, we were talking to each other, and we said, we're going we're gonna to cause some big fights at the family table. A lot of people are going to miss their family Thanksgiving celebrations because they're not going to miss their First Class Fantasy. So we said, we're going to do something. We care about families here at First Class Fantasy. So we're moving our show to a Monday so you can enjoy Thursday. You can watch all the great NFL action. You can enjoy Thanksgiving dinner with your family. And I'm super stoked today because one of my favorite people in fantasy football, a good friend of mine, Memphis Young from the Dynasty War Zone, is joining us. It's Memphis and I have podcasted a bunch of times, and we podcasted a bunch on the War Zone. We've done, gone in the GOAT district. We've done Sonic Truth, Dynasty Podcast, you name it. Usually we're talking Dynasty, but today we're talking a little bit of redraft with memphis this is memphis's first time here on first class fantasy this is awesome uh memphis is a guy that i consider extremely sharp not only for his player takes but he has a deep knowledge of nfl contracts he is a machine with this sort of stuff if you're not following the dynasty war zone you're missing out and memphis has also been crushing it this year on the juice a gambling podcast memphis welcome to first class fantasy how are you doing today uh, I am doing well, well accustomed to being in first class. You only fly one way. Um, can't beat a good first class seat. And uh, as you mentioned, you and I have podcasted together several times. I'm actually very excited to uh, jump in here with your co-pilot, you know, Billy. Um, I know he runs wild in the high stakes streets and, you know, kills it over at the uh, Fantasy Pro. So I'm ready to mix it up, talk some seasonal. Because, you know, in season, Dynasty becomes seasonal with style. You know, you got to be looking at some long-term angles, but you got to be trying to win now. We actually had a great conversation we're going to bring up here in just a few when we talk Mark Andrews. But nope, thank you for having me. The Dynasty War Zone, you uh, brought me to Player Profiler. Get to work with great people like Billy, like the Podfather. I'm not going to kill off his gimmick, but the Podfather's a good guy. And uh, excited to be here with you guys. So let's go quickly around the horn. Thanksgiving's coming up. Billy, in the Muzio household, what is the favorite dish on Thanksgiving, do you have a go-to Thanksgiving dish that you like, whether it's the turkey, maybe the Muzio family breaks out, I don't know, a nice a nice antipast for, for an appetizer? Maybe you're a mashed potatoes guy. Which way are you going on Thanksgiving Day? What is it, What is it, Billy? 
so we do all the traditionals like we do the the turkey the things uh, the stuffing the mashed potatoes the green bean casserole the pie the rolls all that stuff but honestly like the go-to is like as everything's cooking is the cheese platter like i go kind of crazy with the charcuterie and getting things like decorated and all the, the different crackers and cheeses and olives and we get all the different marmalades and everything on there so there's this we used to do this massive platter um and it's actually becomes you know kind of I don't say like the center plate before, but it's, it's, it is essentially the center plate before the whole feast, but it's kind of what we're snacking on throughout, you know, the course of a couple hours. And it's become this whole ordeal now to where it's kind of like, I almost spend more time on that than I do prepping a lot of these other sides because of cutting all the cheeses and getting anything organized and, 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 and kind of decorated. So honestly, the charcuterie board. I love it. It's so classy. The charcuterie board at the movie Muzio household. That's, that's Billy's go-to. What about in the young household, Memphis? What, what do you have a go-to like Memphis? You're, you're you you enjoy lifting. You eat clean throughout the year. Do you let it loose when it comes to Thanksgiving Day? Not really. There, I mean, first of all, the 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 go-to in my family, we're, we're a Southern family, is is dumplings. You know, okay. it's made with 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 a chicken broth, just simple dumplings. It, it goes great with mashed potatoes and and the bird. Very, very good. Um, no, I don't like when I when I cut loose. It's on like desserts. I'm like, I'm gonna eat turkey. I mean, I don't care if it's white meat, dark meat. They both got their their benefits. But I don't go too crazy. Now, dessert can get a little bit sideways, but uh, not not too bad. What about you? I know you're a gym guy yourself. Yeah, I mean, I like I I'm I'm eating white meat turkey all year long. I love a good roasted turkey. I know some people are anti turkey. I'm a white meat turkey guy. Um, and I, and I'll say like, it's not, not everything being equal. We, we alternate between my family and my wife's family this year. We're going down and seeing my family. Uh, and I enjoy when my mother makes stuffing some people's houses. I don't really love the stuffing, but when I'm, when I'm at my, when my mother is cooking, I enjoy it a lot as well. And I enjoy a sweet potato type dish. I like different sweet potatoes. Um, I enjoy like the mashed sweet potato with like the, you know, like a, with like the marshmallows on top. And I also enjoy like a, you know, like a roasted sweet potato. Um, so I'm a sweet potato guy. I'm a, I'm a white meat turkey guy. Not a huge dessert guy, but I I, I will not turn down a, a slice of pumpkin pie. But uh, here's the, another one. Over under in the Muzio household, how many days before you're throwing out the the, the turkey meat, before you get skeeved out by leftover turkey, Billy? Oh, dude, no, we don't waste it anymore. There's this, I found this recipe like maybe three, four years ago, and it's, it's a game changer. So you, you take egg rolls. And you heat all the stuff up in a pan first. You put them in the egg rolls. You put the turkey, the mashed potatoes, the stuffing, green beans. I mean, you, you name it. Just throw it in the freaking egg roll. You roll them. You fry them. You can air fry them if you're healthier. I like deep frying because that's how I roll. And then you dip them in gravy or you or you put on the uh, cranberry sauce on top of it. So you have like double toppings. And these things are, are game changer, dude. Like... I'll make, you know, eight or nine of these things, just sit down and eat them for dinner afterwards. And we can sit there and eat these things for like three or four straight days. On top of it, we make soup. You know, I use the bones and everything from the turkey. I save the bones and then we we make soup with it. And so I usually use the whole bird. I love it. I love it. Billy, and you know, Billy's a foodie. This is an off-season topic. Too much to cover. <laughs> but we could go through Billy's favorite recipes as an off-season first-class fantasy show. But Memphis, how many days, you know, before the, the turkey gets tossed out at the at the young household or does it all get consumed? I know your son is lifting your your wife's wife's into fitness. I mean, does it all get consumed or do you, you end yeah. up throwing some out? Yeah, we're, we're we similar to you. We either go to my mom's or we go to my 
in-laws and we just bring food home. So we only bring enough food home that we may eat Friday into Saturday. But after that, we'll, we'll be out of leftovers. So now. Love it. Love it. And, you know, we I, this would be a fun thing to talk about Thanksgiving for a whole show. But something that we have to talk about that's not so fun is a lot of times in fantasy, we talk about grinding the waiver wire. We talking about the next man in. And that's easier said than done when it comes to a one-off position like tight end. Mark Andrews, there's been a little rumblings he could come back this season, but it's not going to help us in fantasy. For all intents and purposes, consider him done for the entire season. First off, I want to get your guys' interest level in Isaiah Likely. This is a guy who had some really big performances last year as a rookie. He had the very notable playoff game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Then this year, Billy, we're in Vegas. We hear Mark Andrews is out. And we're getting all excited about Isaiah Likely. We're moving him up into top five, top six tight end uh, land for week one. One catch, four yards, and he's been completely quiet all season long. Now Mark Andrews done for the year. We talked about in the preseason the contingent upside of Isaiah Likely. It doesn't feel as exciting as it maybe it did two months ago, three months ago, if I told you Likely's getting a couple starts. Where are you at on your excitement level for Isaiah Likely? He's certainly one of the main waiver wire ads this week. But where are we at? What are you expecting? Start with Billy on this. Yeah, I think he's going to settle into like the uh, probably upper echelon of the tight end two range on a week-to-week basis. The problem is is that uh, Lamar Jackson is averaging about 27 and a half attempts a game. And it's been primarily to the receivers this year. I mean, yeah, you know, Andrew's got his share, but uh, I don't think that we're going to see the same amount of targets going Likely's way um, in this new look offense. You know, they have shiny new toys like, um, Zay, and then they have, of course, Odell Beckham Jr., who's there. The, you know, Rashad Bateman's even starting to see some increased target share in, in, in routes and snaps. And, um, you know, don't forget the the never-dying Nelson Aguilar, who continues to pop up from time to time. Um, and we can't forget also Devin DuVernay had a role last year in this offense when they were down weapons as well. So I, I think that we're probably going to see the wide receivers become more active. I'm not entirely sure that I would, you know, have the same enthusiasm as I did last year with Isaiah likely where it was an immediately you just a plug and play, um, you know, because let's face it, Andrews has been, um, you know, a solid tight end, but, but even, I think even the last few weeks, I mean, week 10, 15% target share, of course, got injured last week with 9% target share, but we're not seeing that 25, 27, 29% target share that we used to see uh, on a week to week basis in this offense prior. And so it's a little bit different looking offense now uh, in this year with, with, with the new weapons. So uh, not the same enthusiasm. And I'll, I'll give a shout out in the chat because uh, Permar is bringing up Charlie Kolar Everybody knows that First Class Fantasy has the most educated fan base of any podcast in fantasy. So, uh, Memphis, I'm going to ask you about Kolar. Um, you know, likely would be the kind of the low-hanging fruit and the guy that people are going to bid on. But Charlie Kolar also had a catch this past week. Uh, 24-year-old tight end. And, you know, he's the guy who bulked up for this season. And uh, internally, you're also hearing kind of these names. So when you look at, like, the team sites and the – like the Baltimore beatdown and these like like team sites, they're bringing up his name as well. Your enthusiasm for Isaiah Likely, and do you think that this could be a Charlie Kolar Likely split? First of all, if we're unjustifiably put in a position we don't want to be in with Mark Andrews out, it's, it's just a bummer, and, and it is what it is. I, I think you're, you're putting in waiver claims on both, just to be just to be sure, because I don't know. I don't want to jump ahead on the show sheet, but you're going to ask, you know, you know, is it going to be a, a, a boon for Flowers or Mitchell or OBJ? I think in, initially it's going to be Flowers. 
I think he he operates in the middle of the field. He runs those type of routes, and, and that's going to help Lamar. But I think Lamar, along with guys like Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, you know, those mobile quarterbacks, Kyler Murray, it's why I love Trey McBride so much. Some quarterbacks just like the tight end position and the routes they run. And I think Lamar has some of that. That's why we we saw some spike weeks with likely last year. So could Kolar come in there and, and steal, steal a few? Yes. I don't know that I would plug either into a starting lineup this Sunday until I see a, a game against like the Chargers. They're, they're playing the Chargers this week, Sunday night football. But going down the playoff stretch, yes, you, you want to have one of them locked up. Okay, let's do a quick lightning round here. And and I'll say I'm gonna I'm gonna bid on likely. I think likely is the more the the I hate like doing the likely is the most likely uh to perform of the two, but I'm I'm like I'm like very apprehensive about it this year. I think what Memphis talked about with Zay, Odell, those are kind of more reasonable bets. But Billy, I write the waiver wire column for player profile. It's dropping tomorrow morning. Another and I use a twenty five percent threshold in Yahoo leagues as like my cutoff for guys. R- quick lightning round around the horn. Would you rather have Isaiah Likely or Cade Otten this week? Cade Otten available in 20% of Yahoo leagues. Yes, sir. We just pick a name. Cade Otten. Memphis, Otten. Cade Otten. Okay, so I'm on Otten as well. We're, we're three for three on that. Michael Mayer available in 89% of Yahoo leagues or Isaiah Likely? Billy. Uh, probably Michael Mayer. He's seen increased snaps and routes in TPR. Memphis. Likely, I just like the usage pattern, my, my, the presumed usage pattern more. Like they, they still haven't figured out how to use Michael Mayer properly in Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm, I'm close, but I'm I'm going to go likely as well. Okay, here's one more. Tyler Conklin, twenty. He's available in eighty percent of Yahoo leagues. Or Isaiah Likely. I, I'm going to go likely in this one. Um, I don't know what to expect from uh, the, from the Jets' offense right now. Besides, you know, some Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Other than that, I don't really want anybody, especially with the quarterback change, to boil. Billy, where are you at? Conklin or Likely? Conklin. Conklin's actually been a top 13 tight end in the last three weeks. Conklin for the safety, and I feel like I can use him this week. So I, I just want to like, okay, I know we did lightning round, but I kind of feel like this go, needs to be justified real quick. Isaiah Likely ran 88% of the routes last week once Mark Andrews went out. He had a TPRR only being targeted on 3% of that 88% that he's running. He had a 5% total target share where like Charlie Kohler came in and ran 9% of the routes, 33% TPRR. So he's being targeted more in the limited capacity of these in. I'm not sure that Likely's snaps and usage, he's going to be running empty routes, right? And so especially if they're going to be hyper-targeting all these wide receivers, think of like how MVS, like MVS is always on the field. He's running 80 to 90% of routes. But all the dude does is cardio. We might see a similar instance with Isaiah Likely. Yes, he's going to have some spike weeks. Probably great for best ball. But he's going to be a nightmare to start right now with that type of usage of TPRR. Uh, Memphis, the one thing we ask everybody here at First Class Fantasy, all of our guests and at press coverage, is what player has been the biggest positive surprise for you this season? And we exclude Pukunakua from these responses. Uh, the guy who was part of the biggest tweet I've ever had from an engagement standpoint. It had like 400,000 likes. I just posted Sam Howell's stats through, I think it was week nine, and then C.J. Stroud's. And this thing went – and it wasn't like – there was no context. It was just yards, touchdowns, you know, what what have you. And it's Sam Howell. He is currently the QB5. 3,000 – now, he hasn't had a buy, so it's a little misleading because the buys will true up here in a couple of weeks. 3,000 yards passing, 
18 touchdowns, and he's got 12 interceptions, but I look at fantasy points different than the real NFL. His 200 yards rushing and his two rushing touchdowns have paid, if you will, quote-unquote, paid for the interceptions. So Sam Howell's just absolutely been wild. Uh, I've actually been scooping up a little bit in Dynasty, and then uh, I heard uh, you guys on the Sonic Truth say the same thing. So uh, for me, it has to be Sam Howell. I love the response. And Billy, you've been playing, you know, both of you guys have been playing this game competitively for a long time. Is this the best season for waiver wire quarterback production that we've ever seen in redraft? CJ Stroud, Joshua Dobbs, Sam Howell, and Kyler Murray. Those four guys right now are locks in the top 12 easily for, for the next few weeks. And, and guys, you're going to, you know, not upset about having to start in the fantasy playoffs unless it's a horrible matchup. Have you, do you re ever recall a season like this, Billy, with this many impactful waiver wire quarterbacks? Uh, not to this degree. I think we've had, you know, levels of it, but I, I think this year in particular has had an, an even greater impact simply because the elite level of quarterback play that we thought we were drafting um, just hasn't been there, quite frankly. And so that we drafted quarterbacks got pushed up this year because of the disastrous effort at quarterback from the previous year, thinking that you were going to have a positional edge by taking one of these elite quarterbacks. When in fact now, you know, that mid tier and even that second and third tier quarterback is now being outperformed by a lot of waiver wire additions. And even at times week to weekly, a lot of these guys like Stroud and how are outperforming the elite tier as well. So um, I, I think that it's, it's been very impactful, but um, it's kind of what quarterback was of, of the years of the past is like, you could always get away with waiting at quarterback. And I think this year more than ever kind of signals that as well. A hundred percent. And I think next year is going to be a reassessment and this is an off season topic, but we talked to literally everybody in this off season about, you know, the, the rise of the elite quarterback getting pushed up in redraft pushed up in best ball and Memphis, even in the values in dynasty. And then we're able to, you know, recover with this sort of quarterback. I think it's like a lesson learned. It was a rational exuberance. I think Billy, uh, because you're getting all this sort of performances. And Memphis, you know, you're a guy who puts in a ton of work. If you're not paying attention to what the Dynasty Warzone is doing and you play Dynasty, you are severely missing out. One of the best Dynasty podcasts around, they're also crushing it with their Patre Patreon and all the other great stuff that Memphis is offering. But Memphis, you you also have disappointments. Who was the guy that maybe you were bullish on this past offseason or you and your, your co-host Jerry Sinclair were really like excited about and it's been a major disappointment and letdown for you this season. So my first year of player profiler, get invited to take part in the coolest draft kit in the history of the world. With you, Billy, the pod father, all of our friends and family over at Player Profiler, so many greats from around the, uh, the ind industry, and I chose Najee Harris. Just, just breaks my heart, man. I mean, I just... Dude, I thought the off the second year for Kenny Pickett, and you know the offense should take a step forward, and you know Fryer Muth in year two, and Pickens in year. It's like this. They drafted a tackle, and they drafted the big tight end out of Georgia. It's like, what's the worst that could happen? I don't know. We're ten games into the season, and he's got five hundred yards and three touchdowns, and only twenty seven targets. Just absolutely, uh, that was my guy, and uh, I, I wish I had steered heavier into Rashad White. But when I did the draft kit, but I think Matt or uh, someone else did him. But yeah, I, I couldn't be more disappointed in Najee.
Weren't yeah. you? Did, didn't you say at the top of the hour that you were a fitness guy? Oh yeah. What are you doing, picking fat, slow guys? He's not necessarily <laughs> fat. You know, it's like it's, it's like uh, it's like you know James Robinson. It was it was more about what I presume you know looking at previous snap shares and and everything. First round draft capital, old school, stodgy, defensive minded head coach. He's going to continue to feed Najee. The improvements on the offensive line. Hey, we're going to have more weapons. You know, we're going to have the for lack of a better term, the triplets. You're going to have Deontay Johnson, Fryer Muth, and, and Pickens. It should open up more running lanes for Najee. It just it was so narrative based and and not enough, uh not enough. And even last year wasn't horrible with Najee. Like the last, I think the last seven weeks he was RB7 coming down the stretch. It's just been no involvement in the passing game. And Jalen Warren has made that a uh uh a, a tough season for Najee. Yeah, Jalen Warren just keeps on keeps on going. Another very strong game for Warren this past week. I mean, Warren is just exploding with with some of his highlight reels. If anybody missed his stiff arm, it was nasty. Put it put a dude on the ground. It was just incredible to see from a you know he's not a smaller guy, but he's not exactly a bigger back, and and he's throwing guys like ragdolls. And you know, pay attention. You know, Memphis Billy and I, you know, we're we're putting on a lot of work with the world famous draft kit. Uh, that also included Billy's rankings, my rankings. We're going to have a special this week on Thanksgiving Day and Black Friday. Look for a big announcement. There is going to be the best deal we've ever offered on the all-in package. You're going to get the rest of the season Billy's rankings. You're going to get everything available on the on the site. You're going to get all of the rookie draft preparation, all of the Dynasty content, and the world-famous draft kit, all of our summer content if you purchase on Wednesday, or excuse me, Thursday and Friday this week. But we're going to dive into a bunch more things. Sadly, Mark Andrews was not the only big injury this week. We're going to talk about this Joe Burrow fallout after we hear a word from our sponsors. Hey, we're all starting new fantasy leagues all the time. And more often than not, where do we start our fantasy leagues at Player Profiler? On Sleeper. Because it's the best. You can imagine my excitement when I saw Sleeper rolled out. Sleeper picks, baby. And game stacking is the path to positive returns with these pick'em games. Find that sneaky shootout and set most of the players to go over their projection for that week. Or you find a game going to get dragged into the mud and take every member of the passing game for less than their projections that week. And if you pick up to eight, that's how you 100x your payout on Sleeper. It's called the Hail Mary. So if you use promo code UNDERWORLD, you get a $100 instant deposit match. Check out Sleeper's terms and conditions for details. These Sleeper picks are live in over 25 states. Yeah, buddy. Welcome back to First Class Fantasy Special Monday Edition. I'm Theo Greminger with Billy Muzio, joined today by the great Memphis Young. And Memphis, this question in the chat kind of says it all. Dire need for your take. Do you prefer Jamar Chase or Chris Alave rest of season in PPR leagues? And if we would have asked you this five days ago, you would have laughed in my face. But now we're going from Joe Burrow to Jake Browning. Uh, a incredible decision by the Cincinnati Bengals to go with Browning as their backup quarterback for the season when Joe Burrow was banged up in, in the preseason as well. But Memphis, we're here. Jake Browning is your starting quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. The schedule is not exactly friendly. 
Where are you at on what this does to Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon? Uh, well, rough, rough days ahead. And I did answer Ben in the chat. For me, it's a lave rest of the season, and it's a lave times two if Jameis Winston ends up being the quarterback because Jameis just throws it. I mean, it a lave down there somewhere. You're just going to, you know, fight. Whereas Derek Carr is going to make sure Alvin Kamara gets 97 targets a game. But, you know, anyway, for me, it's, it's rough. It's going to be very rough sledding for, uh, Chase and for Mixon just because Jake Browning's not very good. He is literally a Zach Wilson level backup quarterback. And first of all, shame on these teams, you know, these contending teams. Like, why is Andy Dalton the backup quarterback for the, Carolina Panthers. Wouldn't you want like an experimental, you know, we're going to be bad anyway, quarterback backup on like a bad team like Carolina. If you're Cincinnati and you're like in your win now window, same with Buffalo, Kansas City, you pick one. You have like a like an obligation to go out and kick the tires on a Carson Wentz. This offseason, there should be a line to go get Ryan Tannehill when he gets cut. Like if you're a contender, you need to you know get in line because these things happen. It goes back to the, the the comment you made earlier about the way quarterbacks will be drafted next year. So this right here is always the tough part. Uh, I think it's going to impact Chase a lot more than Mixon. I think Mixon could just feast on. Speaking of PPR dump offs to the to the running back position, but it's going to be rough, man. What about you, Billy? I'll throw that one back to you. Yeah, I, I agree with your sentiment. I, I think it breaks down to Jamison Winston, and and he is a gunslinger and is going to at least just you know give them an option to catch the ball. Where Derek Carr, you know, won't throw the ball unless you have like two and a half yards of separation. So I think I lean Alave here. It is close for me, but because uh, Chase is 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 a clear alpha, and I could see a scenario where. Uh, Browning's going to lock into him and we're going to see, you know, 10, 12, 13 targets, similar to like what we've been seeing with Garrett Wilson. It's it's not necessarily the best of targets, but it is something where they're just going to hone in on him and and use him as as the primary weapon. So um, I think slight lean to Olave. It's it's closer to me than it is to you, it sounds like. But um, I, I, if Winston is the quarterback, I lean Olave. Yeah. And guys, you know, we we have leagues with trade deadlines coming up, redraft and in Dynasty. Question in the chat from the Fantasy Plumber, is C.D. Lamb and A.J. Brown in the same dynasty tier as Justin Jefferson? And let's leave Justin Jefferson out of this because, you know, he should be coming back. But Jamar Chase right now has a downgraded quarterback. And Memphis, you and Billy are essentially telling me that he becomes a wide receiver, too, for you with this downgrade. Um, Is this a proper time to try to make a pivot, whether it's redraft or dynasty, Let's start with Billy here. Is that a, something you would be taking? Let's say you have a contender and you're chasing money and you're chasing trophies. Are you looking to pivot off of a elite talent like Jamar Chase if you can get to another very talented guy like Brown and, and CeeDee Lamb? Absolutely. I think if, I, if I'm if I'm chasing a, a trophy and some cash, I think that I could easily make that trade um, and probably not with much back in return. Maybe a, maybe a later pick, a, a mid-range pick, uh, maybe another ancillary piece. I think this is closer than people want to admit now. Um, as much as I like Chase, I think that Lamb and Brown are in that same tier, quite frankly. And, and I would honestly even consider the trade straight up. I completely agree. And I'm, I'm completely with you on the on the levels and the, the potential pivot. Memphis, you are a dynasty expert. Is this the kind of pivot you'd be looking to make with like a Jamar Chase? Yeah, and it's the same thing you got to consider with Mark Andrews. Yes. Like I I brought the scenario. If you're like nine and one, you know, I guess now you'd be like 10 and one, cruising toward a buy, 
and a, and, a, and a six team makes the playoff league, and regardless of the format, and you're two games away from winning the money, you've got to make some short sighted decisions. I'll, I'll tell you, like if I thought I could get like a, a a first back, a young guy that I really liked, I'm not going to have any problem trying to move Jamar Chase to go get Tyreek Hill, and I know he's 29. But you know what? I also know he's scoring 25.5 PPR points a game. Not only did I give myself a better chance to win, I think Tyreek Hill is going to be good for the next couple of years. So he's not going anywhere. He seems to take great care of himself. We see the 30-year-old wide receivers, you know, guys like Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup and these older guys, they can play at a higher level longer. So do I like giving up the young 23, 24, whatever Jamar Chase is? No. But I think I can get a much more substantial return. Can I get a 24 first? Good wide receiver class. And maybe I look back in six months and I'm like, oh, hey, I got Tyreek Hill and Marvin Harrison Jr. No, I know you're probably not going to get Marvin Harrison Jr. But I get, you know, there, there, there's a list of good uh, tight ends. Jerome Adonzi. I don't know. Yeah, if I'm, he's awesome. There, there, there's a lot of guys. So maybe in six months I have a championship, a pile of cash. Tyreek Hill going into what's still his super prime and a really good rookie wide receiver for Jamar Chase. I'm in. Yeah, and I think, you know, pivoting and sometimes those uncomfortable pivot pivots and redraft are the things you need to do in order to win a championship. You know, the name Jamar Chase it still holds an immense amount of weight. You know, there's people that view this as, you know, a guy who is quarterback averse. But at the end of the day, you know, we've seen how bad a guy like Zach Wilson can be for a Garrett Wilson. This is in the realm of possibilities for Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. One wide receiver that we talked about as a potential buy low and a guy that we thought could have a potential big bounce back was Hollywood Brown. Billy, he had this incredible run with Kyler Murray to start last season. In two games back with Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown has been effectively a zero. What's going on there? Do you have any hope for a Hollywood Brown uh, bounce back? Or is this something where it's not the same as last year? I don't think that Kyler Murray is is quite to 100%. He's definitely close to it, but you can see he doesn't trust his legs like he used to. He's not scrambling as much. When he's scrambling, it's opening up the field a little bit more. Um, he's kind of more of a pocket passer right now, per se, and, and 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 trying to get that quick release so he doesn't take a hit. And that's why we're seeing a lot of balls go right now towards uh, Trey McBride. That's why we're seeing, um, you know, not last week, per se, but in week 10, 30 percent target share to Rondell Moore. Um, and, you know, last week we saw 25 percent target share to Greg Dort. So these are short intermediate routes. And I think that as he gains more trust back. Um, he's going to start, you know, effectively pushing the ball down the field a little bit more. That being said, Marquise Brown was just missed on a huge touchdown in week 10, which would have kind of probably eliminated this conversation altogether. Um, but it has been a disappointment for the last couple weeks, you know, only seeing 10% target share in week 10, 14% in week 11. Um, still running 100% of routes both weeks, but just not seeing the target. So I think that in, in due time, and in the meantime, I think it's Trey McBride's game. Memphis, anything to add on Hollywood Brown and this Arizona offense? Oh, oh yes, I do. Um, I, I hate to take up for Hollywood Brown. I'm not a fan. But those three games have come against the Browns with Clayton Toon, yeah. the Falcons, which are seventh in, you know, fan, tough, seventh toughest matchup for, for fantasy wide receivers, and then the Texans, who are sneaky the 13th. Got another tough matchup this week with the Rams. Then he has a bye week 14. Most fantasy playoffs, the good ones, are weeks 15, 16, 17. His matchups are the 49ers, 25th against the pass. So 
a very good matchup for wide receivers at the Bears. They're middle of the pack and the Eagles. If you need that wide receiver 3-4, depends on how deep your league is, with a guy who has weak winning upside in his range of outcomes, I don't know that I'm playing him in the, in the near future, but he's a guy that will get dropped in your redraft leagues. Put a waiver claim in to pick him up week 14 when he's on by. Stash him. And then that way, if someone in your primary roster gets hurt or something big happens, you have him and you're not fighting for him the week of uh, week 15 come the fantasy playoffs. It's a nice little stash. I love that Memphis week 13. We have six teams on by and then that very annoying Washington and Arizona by week in week 14. But it could be worse, Billy. It could be six teams in week 14 and we'd be really complaining. Guys, Pukunakua and Tank Dell are both scoring at a historically high rate for rookie wide receivers. Tank Dell now has five games of over 18 points scored. What a amazing uh, ascension by him. Rest of season, who would you rather have on your on your roster, Tank Dell or Puka Nakua? Let's start with Memphis. I wish I knew Cooper Cup's health diagnosis because that's what it's going to come down to. If Cooper Cup's healthy and 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 going to play, then then it's going to be Tank Dell. If Cooper Cup is like having another tightrope surgery or you know he's going to be missing extended time, it, it's Nakua. Um, but I'm going to lean toward the team that's going to be fighting for the playoffs. Not that the Rams couldn't at four and six, but the the Texans are six and four, and they're a game behind Jacksonville, and they're going to keep pushing. And he's doing this like last week. They didn't have Nico Collins, and I don't believe they had Noah Brown. And you know, so if you're a defensive coordinator driving to the stadium, who are you going to focus on? Tank Dell, and he does great anyway. So for me, I got the quarterback advantage. Uh, I, I love. I guess they both play in a dome, so. Um, for me, it's a slight lean to Tank Dell not knowing the Cooper Cup injury status. I'm going Tank Dell as well. I'm like smitten with Tank Dell. I'm out here trying to make dynasty trades for him this morning. I wish I had a ton more. Um, Billy, your thoughts, Nakua or Dell, rest of season? I'm going to go with the better offense right now, which is going to be Houston Stroud's on fire. The last three weeks, he's QB number two. Tank Dell has been the apple of the eye in that three-week sample size. He's seen a 31% target share. That's back from weeks 9, 10, and 11. He's been on the field for roughly 89% of all routes. Uh, Seems to be the guy that's going to be favored here. Puka, as hot as a start as he had, has had a bit of inconsistency since week six. So uh, since week six, he's only had two finishes inside the top 20 one was number 13 one was number five and he's had three finishes outside the top 50 at the position and so uh i i don't like the rams offense as much and i and i definitely think it's also tethered to the availability of cooper cup and then we also have kyron williams coming back who's going to be we know how involved he was in in the rushing and the passing game and so there's a lot of uncertainty here in the los angeles rams offense yeah kyron williams definitely a name to keep an eye on coming should be back this week um, definitely one we're going to probably be talking about on next week's first class fantasy, uh, Memphis, Devin Singletary, he won people leagues in 2021. Now he's back to having back to back really strong performances. Damian Pierce banged up and also was an underperformer this year. Billy talked about the quality of the Houston offense. How comfortable are you with Devin Singletary for the rest of the season? I think he's uh, back in middle of the road RB2. And I'm going to have no problem hitting the submit in lineups where you have to start them. Obviously, in best ball, it's easy. You just take your best overall score. But you know, zero problems because you're going to ride the hot hand. And what what have they won now? Three games in a row, in, including two that were pretty tough. Like they were down 7 nothing against the 
against the uh, Cardinals this past weekend, and then they went into Cincinnati and beat them. and And who did they lean on in, in both games and the running games? And to your point, Damian Pierce was underperforming. So I feel very comfortable with Devin Singletary the last uh, what is this five six weeks of the fantasy football season. And I had him as my the number one waiver wire ad in the the top ten. Uh, for player profiler for like two weeks in a row. I had him in the top three uh, when he started seeing a ramp up in snaps. So definitely check that out. Drops tomorrow on playerprofiler.com. But people were like, you know, what are we doing here? It was pretty clear, Billy, that they liked him and they didn't really have any allegiance to Pierce. And then they get a window of opportunity. Are you sharing Memphis's enthusiasm for Singletary rest of the season? Yeah, Singletary definitely looks like the better back. The offense has been clicking with him. I don't think he goes away even when Pierce is back. Pierce has been ineffective all season. So I think Pierce is effectively now the Singletary handcuff. Um, I'm going to list off a few names for you real quick. I'm going to I'm gonna quiz the, the host here, Theo. Um, I'm going to list off four names from weeks 11 or 9 to 11, and I want you to tell me if they're above Devin Singletary in half-point scoring, PPR scoring, or below him. Jameer Gibbs, Christian McCaffrey, James Cook, Brees Hall. Are they above or below Devin Singletary in half-point PPRs or half-point scoring? I'm going to say that the only one – well, half-point. You're so – you know, you're trying to get me with some half-point thing, Billy. <laughs> I'm a PPR man. But uh, I'm going to say that three out of the four of them are below Devin Singletary. And I'm going to go with my guy Jameer Gibbs as – the as the only one that outscored him so it's kind of cheating because the Niners had a buy I guess so that one doesn't really count but everybody's actually everybody's actually below Devin Singletary in scoring and during this this during this timeline here Devin Singletary is the RB8 in the last three weeks it's I just start Singletary don't even think about it uh I completely agree we're all in lockstep on that real real quick from the chat Don F he has a weekly flex decision. This is such a, like, give me a break, Don, asking this kind of question. Congratulations on your roster, Don. But he's got Tank, Dell, Debo Samuel, Adam Thielen, and he has to, do you only, you have to pick one of these? Gosh, Don, like, don't put this in there, Don. This is, this is too much of a flex, but congratulations on your money this year. Billy, pick one of these guys rest of the season. Tank, Dell, Debo Samuel, Adam Thielen. I'm going to take Tank, Dell. Yeah, you have to go right now. Tank Dell with the, I mean, he's seen, like I said, 30% plus target share the last three weeks. Debo's seen 17 to 22%. Thielen's seen 27 to 29%. But you got to, you got to go with the offense that's on fire right now. And the Niners, it could be anyone any given week. It could be Ayuk. It could be Christian McCaffrey. It could be George Kittle. There's just too many weapons. So I'm going to, I mean, I think that this close between Debo and, and Dell, but it's, it's a lean to Dell. Memphis, how about you? It, well, I just uh, uh, the the a Debo prop to the under was a winner this week on the juice. I had Debo under four and a half receptions. He hasn't had more than five targets in over a month. Now I know, and and that this I should rephrase that he has not had more than five targets in his last five games. He hasn't had more than three catches in his last five games. And then with Adam Thielen, maybe with Frank Reich taking back over the play caller, but I'm going to take the safer play and first world problems for our guy. It's Tank Dell. Memphis, Zach Charbonnet was the guy you guys talked a lot about on, in the Dynasty War Zone uh, when we were talking about the draft evaluation uh, you know, process. Obviously, he lands in a situation we're unenthusiastic, uh, unenthusiastic about with Ken Walker in the same backfield. Now Ken Walker suffers. Pete Carroll called it a legit oblique, oblique strain. So like 
I guess legit to me means one or two weeks out, maybe two weeks out. Oblique strains usually don't keep people out for the season, but let's say two weeks of Zach Charbonnet. How excited would you be about Zach Charbonnet in your lineup for two weeks? To the moon. I mean, the the, moon, this, right? the, 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 this is a team that involves the running back in, in all aspects of it. And I'm looking at the tweet right now from Adam Schefter. He's not, he being Kenneth Walker, is not an IR candidate yet. They want to look, what else do you want to hear? He's not playing this week. He's not playing Thursday night. You know he's going to be involved in, in, in the passing game. And he's a big physical running back. When I did, I did like some old school, cause I'm old. I did some old school historical comps on these guys. I comp this guy to Larry Johnson. He is a big physical running back, runs with that style. And when they involve him in the passing game, that's free points in PPR. I would be stoked if I'm fighting for a championship or maybe no one else has pieced this together in your league. And you're like, you know, five and six, six and five, and really need that juice, no pun intended, to get you, go trade for Zach Charbonnet. Even if he just band-aids you for a couple of weeks, it's fine. Because I think he's still going to be in the mix Jalen Warren style for the rest of the season due to this injury. Yeah, and he had outsnapped Ken Walker for three straight weeks before this injury. Billy, your Niners also have been susceptible to running back receptions. Rashad White had six of them this past weekend. What do you think about Zach Charbonnet this Thursday night? I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm a little bit lower than consensus on Zach Charbonnet. I just haven't liked his running style. I think he runs too upright. Um, I think he's big. I think he's physical. I think he has the hands to catch the ball. I think it's going to be a volume play. I don't think he's going to be the most effective, especially Thursday. Um, and that's the reason why the Niners been given up because their teams have to throw it to the running back in order to get them involved. Otherwise, um, they're just going to drop people back and they're not going to respect anything up close and, 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 and on the ground. And so, um, Charbonnet to me, though, real quick, just kind of you, you talked about him out snapping Walker. That was also calf related injury because prior to week seven, uh, Walker was averaging about a 70 percent snap share where Zach Charbonnet was sub 30 percent on a week to week basis. Um, calf injury strain pops up in week seven slash eight. Uh, Ken Walker starts seeing, you know, regulated to part time duties at 44, 47, 47 percent snaps and where that's where. Charbonnet started seeing 56% of snaps and even DJ Dallas started getting involved again. So I don't necessarily think that Charbonnet is going to be the de facto hundred percent, you know, 70 to 80% snap guy. I think they're going to get DJ Dallas involved and I would not be surprised if they actually activated Kenny McIntosh and started seeing, get him involved a bit. I still think Charbonnet leads this backfield and touches probably sees that, you know, 70 ish, percent snaps but i don't think he's going to see uh that in terms of rushing opportunity and in rushing share and attempts i'm leaning more with memphis than billy i'm a little more excited about charbonnet than you are billy um and uh you know i, I love the idea of the three down this is a guy that Pete carroll you know tries to compliment whenever possible uh you know this is another not the only kind of rookie question i have on the show sheet here though memphis we've seen a recent dominating performances really from Dalton Kincaid in terms of consistency that he's 15 receptions away from breaking the Buffalo Bills record for rookies uh, historically uh, who would you rather have for the rest of the season Sam Laporta who was absolutely tremendous and Dalton Kincaid who's been very very hot for me it's Kincaid and, and it's not recency bias there's another show sheet question that ties back to this and it's Jameer Gibbs as he's been more and more involved in the passing game 
Gibbs over the last four weeks or last four games, because there was the buy in there, he's had 10 targets, five targets, five targets, six targets. And it's not crushed Laporta. He's just not getting as many. And Kincaid's just being more efficient. It really comes down to the offense. But I asked myself, because you said rest of the season, we've seen both of these guys perform real well, especially for rookie tight ends, which is very, very tough. We know this. But the Buffalo Bills need Dalton Kincaid to be their second option behind Stephon Diggs. They don't want Gabe Davis. They don't want, you know, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the guy who had the 71-yarder yesterday, Shakur. Um, whereas the 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 Lions have Amon Ra St. Brown. They've got Laporta. They've got Gibbs. They've got Montgomery. There's so many more talented options in Detroit that I think it's going to be a bit of a squeeze on Laporta. So I am going to lean, slight lean to Kincaid. Love it. Billy, where are you at? You know, I've always been a huge Laporta fan, but I'm going to go with Memphis on this one as well. Laporta's really seen a drop-off in targets, 16% target share the past two weeks. Kincaid, ever since the Dawson Knox injury, has exploded inside the utilization, seeing 32%, 25%, 27%. Um, you also have to look at, when we're talking about rest of the season, you have to look at the schedule. And Buffalo schedule, you got to love it moving forward. Philly, week 12, potential shootout. Um, by week 13 sucks, but then you come back week 14 and get Kansas City with another shootout. Dallas week 15, another shootout. Chargers week 16, another shootout. And then you get kind of a, a cold weather game uh, with New England week 17. But um, that's a pretty appealing schedule for the rest of the season and, and a lot of big scoring matchups that probably are going to be the highest over of the weeks on, on all of those weeks for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Kincaid as well, and I think another factor that we haven't talked about is Gabe Davis was out uh, out targeted by Khalil Shakir for back-to-back -back weeks, which makes me think that it's going to be even more inconsistency from their number two wide receivers in terms of targets. You got as many targets last week as Gabe Davis got. I sure did, and I had as many <laughs> yards as him as well. Who would have Who would have guessed? Did you have that one on the juice, Memphis? And here's one more for you guys. We'll go rest of season, Trey McBride. Or Dalton Kincaid, Memphis. Which way are you going? Why? Why are you doing this to me? Because you I'm know Trey. You know you know Trey McBride is is my guy. I, I'm going Trey McBride. I I am all in on the Trey because I love how Kyler uses the tight end in that offense. Let's go back to how he was doing it with Zach Ertz. Now he's doing it with with Trey McBride. He gets to be the number one option for that offense in the passing game. So just by the fact that he doesn't have a Stefan Diggs to compete with, he has the he has like the Greg Dorches of the world, the Rondale Moores, the Hollywood Browns. Like, like he's the only guy above six foot, you know, six foot tall on the field when Michael Wilson's not out there. So I'm gonna lean. So if I had to rank him, Trey McBride by an eyelash over Dalton Kincaid, who's an eyelash ahead of Sam Laporta. I love all three. Love all three, but I'm I'm leaning McBride. Billy. This McBride is, is, or Kincaid? This one's tough. McBride, since week eight, has seen a 31% target share, where Kincaid has seen a 25%. Um, the better offense, of course, is Buffalo to shootouts, but consolidated target tree here inside of Arizona. Uh, negative game scripts, playing from behind, consistently throwing the ball. Um, I mean, I had McBride as my tight end number three this week in my in my in my projections and rankings. So I, I think it's probably a slight lean McBride, but um, this is legit coin flip territory for me where I would, I'm not going to argue if you have him either way. 
I'm going to say coin flip as well. And I'll say Memphis, we could talk about this for an hour, but we don't have the time. That's also a potential pivot off of Mark Andrews. As crazy as it is, I think we're there, that I'm going to get that elite production from Terry McBride rest of the season. He's got the the draft capital and the usage. There's a lot to like right there. Guys, rapid fire, Thanksgiving Day games. Give me the who wins the game and give me the fantasy MVP. Detroit Lions or Green Bay Packers? Start with you, Memphis. Oh, it's going to be the Lions, and it's going to be Jameer Gibbs. Hot hand, riding the hot hand. Uh, breakout game. All the, uh, the Lions have been a great story, and you're going to see it on Thanksgiving. Billy. Yeah, Detroit, not even close. Fantasy MVP. Uh, I'm on Ross and Brown. Yeah, I'm going to go with – I wanted to say I'm on Ross and Brown, but I'm going to go right back to the Gibbs. Gibbs is going to eat two touchdowns Thanksgiving Day, and I think Detroit rolls Green Bay. Uh, Washington Commanders. Dallas Cowboys, who wins the game and the fantasy MVP? Billy Muzio, start with you. Dallas and somebody in the defense with like five sacks and a touchdown. <laughs> Give the people CD Lamb. They want to hear you say the word CD Lamb, Billy. Memphis. Sure, sure. He's runner up. There we uh, go. I think it was two years ago. Washington <laughs> went into Dallas on Thanksgiving and Antonio Gibson put on a show. I'm going Washington Commandos. Whoa. Brian Robinson. I love it. Brian love Brian it. Robinson, 102. I'm going I'm to go like full Ian Hartitz uh, helicopter, stopping by to say Brian Robinson and two. I'm going to go way off the beaten path. I'm going to go Dallas Cowboys easy, and I'm going to go Jake Ferguson catches two touchdown passes on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, Billy's San Francisco 49ers against the Seattle Seahawks. Memphis, who wins the game and who's the fantasy MVP? 49ers are back, baby. They needed that buy to clear their head. And it's George Kittle. The George Kittle Express has been rolling for the last month, and this this train's not stopping. Give me all the Kittle. Billy. Niners and CMC. And I'm going to go Niners, and Brandon Ayuk goes off for the second game in a row. I love, I love me some Brandon Ayuk. Memphis, give the people somebody you're looking to trade for. You got the uh, – let's, let's take this. So give me a redraft or a dynasty – just say which one it is. You got a bunch of dynasty trade deadlines coming up and a bunch of redraft trade deadlines. ESPN trade deadline is the 29th of November. Which way are you going, Memphis? Uh, I'm going dynasty, and I'm, it's going to be Devon Achan. And if you're a rebuilder, go get him because he's hurt and not helping a contender. And if you're a contender, you may have to take 75 cents on the dollar, but much like the conversation earlier, go win a championship. He re-injured the same knee. So for me, it's Devon Achan. Dynasty or, yeah, you're not going to get much for him in redraft if he's hurt. You got one more Memphis or you only got one? I, I, I've got, I, I like, I like Cortland Sutton. He's on okay. pace for 14 touchdowns right now. I mean, you, you saw the apology form that he posted online for Russell Wilson. That's Russell Wilson's dude. And I've learned a lot over the years is even when Russell Wilson's not Russell Wilson, you want to be his dude. And Cortland Sutton's that dude. He's not yet crushed it in the yards, but he's on pace for 80 receptions and 14 touchdowns. If the yards come, he'll smash. And My guy, Billy Muzio. Somebody Muzio. was pretty high on him this offseason. I was giving you your props. I'll just say this, guys. <laughs> Billy Muzio all over Cortland Sutton, not only on, on first-class fantasy, but Billy and I split teams. We added some <laughs> Sutton. Billy had me drafting Sutton. I have a ton of Sutton, and I'll give Billy a big hat tip on this one. You were all over him. You loved his fit in the offense. But, Billy, give us somebody uh, a trade target, either redraft or dynasty. Well, we said it off air, so I'm going to say it here. I'm trading for Jackson Smith the Jigba just so I have the pleasure of cutting him, Theo. 
and text messaging you telling you that you're going to owe me on our bet. But if I really had to make a trade that's going to make an impact, because that's not going to make an impact, uh, it's going to be Rasheed Rice. I've seen an increase in routes every week pretty much since week two. Uh, last week eclipsed you know, the 60, 60% mark um, and has consistently seen an increase in target share. Uh, and I think that he is now de facto the wide receiver one in the Kansas City Chief offense. Love it. And I'll say trade for Dalton Schultz, redraft or dynasty. Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz, Dalton Schultz. I got him. I got Dalton Schultz and a fourth rounder for a second rounder in FFPC non-superflex league. That is called stealing, guys. Dalton Schultz is locked in. Long-term in dynasty, he's attached to C.J. Stroud. Short-term in redraft, Billy and Memphis both love the passing offense. Guys, who wins tonight? Lightning round, real quick. Billy, who wins, Philly or KC? Oh, man. I got... Uh... I got, I got, I think it was Casey. I think, I think I got Casey as what I bet. Memphis. I'm not, I'm not confident though. Patrick Mahomes. Anytime he's like, he's a 70% winner. Anytime he's given up three or less. Give me Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs. I had my son in a Patrick Mahomes jersey on the way to school. I told him the goat's playing tonight. I told him the goat's going to win. That's, that's what we're doing. Memphis, let everybody know where they can find your work. Player profiler, but just follow at DWZ Memphis. Um, I, I I am better at tweeting out my own stuff, um, but player profiler at Dynasty Warzone. We have a podcast. We have a YouTube channel. Subscribe to both, and you'll never miss a thing. Smash the like button. Everybody, we really appreciate you here at First Class Fantasy. We have an unbelievably good amount of support in the chat every single time Billy and I podcast. We really, really support you guys. We hope you guys crush it the rest of your season. Look for the announcement on our Black Friday sale. That's going to be on Player Profiler social media. Uh, and everybody, enjoy your Thanksgiving. The best football day of the entire season. Nothing better than it. And uh, enjoy the game tonight. This is awesome. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all of this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.